0: Welcome to Thrive Deeper, an ongoing
1: conversation with Dr. Matthew Jacoby, author of the Thrive Bible Reading Guides, teaching pastor and leader of the Sama Span Sons of Korah. Join us as we go deeper
2: into the Bible, discussing the passages as we read them together with Thrive. Now here's your host, DJ Payne.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 42. 42 can you believe it's 42 episode 42 of Thrive Deeper it's I your host DJ Payne and on this week's podcast Matthew and I as we go through the book of Proverbs Matthew starts looking at a very meta subject when it comes to Proverbs and that is the area of guidance well hang on I thought the whole book of Proverbs was about guidance why are we talking about guidance well keep on listening we'll get into it thank you so much for downloading and listening to Thrive Deeper
1: how did you fare after the uh, depressing movie that I took to
0: the night? <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know, it was it was your birthday, and, um, you know, it was so I thought, alright, he wants to go out to you, the you movies. You indulged me. You know, he wants to go out to the movies, he wants to see something. Capernaum, uh, or Capernaum, I think. Yes, yeah, uh, I've it's, been, it's been it's saying Capernaum.
1: Com- it's a couple of different ways, actually, yeah. in the title. And I've been I'm, saying Capernaum. I'm, I'm not even quite sure uh, why it's called that, but it won, you know, it won the jury prize at Cannes. Yeah. And, oh, it's won uh, every... Yeah, it's just massively, massively bleak, uh, Yeah. but... It's, yeah, I like like films that say something about reality and the whole point of the film is saying the world is messed up and I say, amen. Yeah. (laughs) Really, you know, like
2: that's, yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we will, I'll put a, I'll put a link in the show notes for this episode
0: if you're wondering what we're talking about head over to thrivetoday.net.au and we will I'll put a link to the movie I don't know if it's Capernaum, Capernaum, Capernaum or something but the movie, just to give you a, 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 a we talked about it on the last episode we actually went out and saw it um, and it's it is a beautiful movie. Mm. It is a an emotionally breathtaking movie. It's two hours long, set in Beirut, Lebanon, mm. um, with uh, all non actors. Well, nearly all non actors playing mm. the major roles, and uh, it's an amazing work of art to me. As I've meditated on the film, and it's a film you can you can mm. definitely meditate on. Mm. Not based at all on a true story. No. So right there, you know that the director, um, you know, writer who herself plays the boy's attorney, uh, attorney in yeah, the movie yeah. um, is is saying something. And there was something about it. Sounds like you did your research. I did. I Oh, dude, I've been <laughs> reading up and watching interviews because I'm fascinated about it. Um, this young Syrian refugee who, who grew up in the streets of uh, Beirut is the star of the film, a 12-year-old kid. And there's something about it. You know what I keep coming back to? It is like a dark, non-mystical Pinocchio. Like there's there's something, you know, the story of Pinocchio is wow. deep in yeah. meaning as in like yeah. a child wanting to become, you know, the wooden, yeah, wooden yeah. person wanting yeah. to become a real person, yeah. running away, mm-hmm. going to a theme park, having adventures coming like all this crazy stuff. And I know it's all fantasy and everything like that. But this story mm. set deeply in reality mm. is this one kid's journey into into despair almost. Mm. But how that, you know, I'm not yeah. spoiling any enders ending or anything like that, but boy, it's a full on one.
1: Oh uh, yeah. It's it's an onslaught. And and there was some criticism around that that it was almost yep. too too bleak. Um, too bleak. But, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I th- but it's fitting that we've seen that. The funny thing is, reading through Proverbs <laughs> and then seeing that movie, yeah. I'm like, I, I I, think this sort of fits in in amongst the wisdom mm. literature mm. of these are some principles. And we see the principles yeah. at play in that yeah. film. Yeah. And when they're not worked out and how sad it can be yeah. without it, without yeah.
1: God in the picture, yeah. holy moly. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well... Uh, next time, I promise. Next time, <laughs> next time, I recommend a movie. Uh, uh, people aren't be tu- at least one laugh in it. People aren't tuning in for our movie reviews. <laughs> you, That's t- a- you, you. The same day you took my kids off to see uh, Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel, so that was you had.
0: I had a roller coaster ride. <laughs> the heights of fun with Captain Marvel down to the depression of Capernaum. You said to whatever. me, "You
1: want to come to Captain Marvel?" I'm no way. That's like. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not such a big fan of that, but
0: yeah. But see, you're, this is where you are shut yourself off from experiences. I, know, so I need to be more. And then I like and then you, you say, "Come," <laughs> and I go, "Yes, of course I come." That's it. Anyway, all right. Let's, well, let's get, get down to business here. <laughs> let's get into it. We're going through the Book of Proverbs. We have been looking at different, um, instead of like digging through the verses and trying, because it's not the book that has a narrative in it in, in itself. Mm. This is a book of you know maxims or maxims and and um, you know ideals and principles at play throughout this and and you know I, I was reminded again in reading through it this week is that proverbs the actual word proverb has a tie to probability mm-hmm. as in like if you do this then the probable outcome would yeah, be that it's like yeah. formulas yeah yeah, so that's right, yeah. we'll be looking at different themes. What theme do you want to try to sink well, into this uh, week, Matt?
1: This is a really interesting one with the with the book of Proverbs because the book of Proverbs as a whole has a role in this topic. And it's the topic of guidance. In oh, other words, wow. decision-making and the will of God. Yeah. Now, this is a big one for for lots of people. So I think it'd be great to get into the, into the depths uh, of this topic and really kind of flesh this out and the different approaches uh, to this. Um, it's quite—it's quite a
0: meta topic, this one. As it's in, you're—you're it's you're almost commenting on the fact that the whole book
1: is guidance. Well, yeah, it is actually. Um, but I think the book of Proverbs, as a whole, says something quite profound about uh, how uh, how God wants us to make our decisions. Okay, and, and and I'll get to that in a moment. But I thought it'd be good to actually start with a bit of a contrasting kind of the um, a bit of a contrasting view, and and. Um, the, the, there is an approach to to guidance and discovering God's will that, that I'm going to describe as the bullseye view. Okay, like in everything, this idea that in everything that we do, there is um, I've got to discover what God wants. So, what house does I, God want me yep, to buy? Yep. What job? Who does God want me to marry? Right, you know, yep. and uh, it's it's I've got to hit the bullseye. The, the concept of I grew up with this concept, yeah, and it was
0: a, you know, and it was a concept of. Okay, you could be doing God's will, but are you doing God's perfect, perfect will. will? That's are the, you big the one. perfect one? Yes, yes, yes.
1: And so there's this plan A, uh, yes. yeah, and 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 people use that that idea. Like there's God's perfect will, and then there's God's up. Um, well, I mean, there are lots of different ways to talk about that second tier, but none of them um, make you feel any better because you always have this sense like I've missed. Yeah, I I've mean, it's a big God's deal mark. to think I've missed God. Now imagine, um, l- let's say. Imagine the doubts around thinking, "Oh, have I got the right job?" Right? Yes. Because if I'm, let, let's say you, you you're concerned about that. Well, then if you if you feel like you've missed God's perfect will with the job that you've got, then then someone else actually has missed the God's perfect will because you've got their job right, yep. which sets off a challenge. I mean, apply this. Another big one is, you know, people a lot of. Young people go out to find the person that God wants them to marry. You know, yeah. the, it's like that ideal person, and yeah. is this that person? Well, imagine—I um, mean, it causes so much anxiety, yeah—and uh, and even doubt in you know within marriages. I married the wrong
2: person. people's
1: the wrong. Per- yeah, it's no, d- you know, uh, so. But you can imagine the implications because if I married the wrong person, then the person that I should have married is married the wrong person, yeah. and then that person, and and it's this this endless chain. You can end up endless after this endless chain. You can feel like, well, I am single handedly responsible for, <laughs> for destroying. destroying the universe. Yes, it's like destroying the universe. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and so, so this is it. This is an area that causes, uh, you know, a lot of anxiety, and people go through all sorts of things to try to discover. Um, to discover God's will, and and this is where you you we get into all the different signs. You know, I've got to, um, you know, uh, so if so, so, for example, I'm I'm buying uh, I'm buying a house. You know, okay. God, which house do you want me? Now, now I, I think I think God wants to guide us, and i and we're going to talk about that in a yeah. moment. Um, so you're you're not knocking the idea that God does. No, guide. no, I'm not. I'm not knocking the idea it's of the, the providence of God. Um. But what I'm going to go on and say, I'm going to preempt this now, is that God, God's providence works in such a way as to empower us mm-hmm. and to liberate us, actually, because we're not created to be robots. So I'm going to I'm going to get there okay. in in, uh, in a moment, it. and and the proverbs actually have got a big role uh, um, uh, in in speaking into that. Um, but one of the one of the issues then becomes a matter of working out. Okay, so which. You know which option do I choose, and um, and and you go through this thing of you know combining, you know you're looking for red flags, and we talk about open doors and closed doors, and and um, uh, you know the, and, and signs, you know what like we, or, or do I have a sense of peace about this, or or and, and all of these can be legitimate things, but we it it ends up being a little. Um, uh, Goodness, what what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's a little wishy-washy, and, yeah. and at times even I, I think at times almost a little hocus pocus, like where it, it becomes something very similar to actually what was practiced in the ancient world with um, consulting the omens. Yeah. In the ancient world, uh, you know, ancient Greek and Rome, they about every decision mm. they wanted to, uh, to to determine the most auspicious outcome by consulting, you know, they would practice extaspacy, which is cutting open an animal yeah. and examining the entrails or, or, or other even things like that. I, I'm often
0: fascinated, and there's it's one of those um, <clears throat> topics where you can really fall down a rabbit trail, but... Uh, It's really flimsy rabbit trails. Whichever way you go, it's you know talking about the ancient uh, you know Jewish people uh, after Moses and Aaron. You know they consulted the Ephod, yeah, and and it's like the the, human yeah, Yeah. and it's like, hang on, what is actually going? What what is going on here? And we don't really know a lot of clear details of what that is, but it's that that sort of. Are we locked into that concept yeah. where we have a decision to make? Okay, we need to consult God and God is going to give us a clear A or B answer mm. so we know the
1: perfect will of God and we can fulfill that. Mm. Well, uh, the interesting thing about the the way that um, those things worked, and, and, and I think it's, I mean, it's interesting because the Urim and Thummim were essentially um, like Throwing like mm. casting dice, really. I mean, it, it was like flipping a coin. I mean, mm. it was it now. The interest, um, can you do you remember in the Bible when was the last time they ever did that? No, okay. The last time actually is in Acts chapter one. Oh, when they choose the disciple, yeah. they cast lots. Yeah, I was thinking of the actual
0: like getting the what they oh. wore in the as a priest. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no,
1: okay. So, um, yeah, yeah that, that's that's the last time you 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 see that. Now, I find that interesting because. In Acts chapter 2, of course, we have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit yeah, and then yeah. you never hear. Yeah, yes. And then and then there's almost like this different approach to to decision-making yes. in which when you look at um, the – and I'll make a comment in a moment about the Urim and Thummim and the way that it was done in the Old Testament. But there is this – there is a change um, in – in the way that decisions are made, like there's a sense of God guiding Paul, like to you I mean, the clearest example is from Paul, whose life we have more detail on. So yes. um that there is a clear sense of there is God's guidance. And yet what also comes through really clearly is he is making decisions that he feels to be you know, like he he has this, let's call it this um, internal guidance system really honed, you know, like he's a man that he knows the scriptures. He's full of the Holy Spirit. Mm. He's filled with a sense of God's purpose mm. and he does what he, you know, it, it, it's like this sense of doing what seems best to him in the Holy Spirit. And that's mm. in the uh, the Jerusalem council in Acts mm. 15, yeah. you know, they talk about doing what seems best to us and the Holy Spirit yeah. based on what they ob- have observed the Holy Spirit doing and, um, and it's not just because um, sometimes it, people can just read that as a sense of inner peace or something. Yeah. No, that actually in the council, the Jerusalem Council in making a decision about, you know, um, uh, the matter of eating food sacrificed yeah. to idols and whatever. That they, and and the the idea the sense of what God was doing amongst the Gentiles. I mean, they were able to observe what the Holy Spirit had been doing, yeah. And it, they said, "Well, it seems to uh, to us that this is what the Holy Spirit has been doing." And there was healthy debate uh, going on. Yes, yeah, so and there was you know, that's discussion. right, so, that's right. And there was there was healthy discussion, and they 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 worked it out. And you get this sense that um, that Paul is equipped with this, and I'm going to call it an internal guidance uh, system, yeah, uh, as opposed to. Um, an external one, yeah. An external, just there being a little rule for everything, which yeah. is a which is a um, an approach known as casuistry, which is where I have a, a rule that governs every possible scenario. Mm. And um, so, for example, um, some forms of rabbinic Judaism are quite casuistic; mm-hmm. they have a r- rule for every single scenario. You know, mm. um, whereas uh, whereas Paul seems to, as a Pharisees. He seems to have left this behind, Mm. and now is living by the Spirit in accordance with God's word. Mm. Uh, But but the great thing about Paul, an
0: example with Paul, is that he's he doesn't hide the desires of what he wants to do. Like there's times where he says, "I really want to come to see you," and it's my prayer to see. Like he he lays it out, and he and he's not he's not. You know, and we get like that, like you say. I know you're moving towards this, going from a very shallow, the perfect will of God, and I need to get that right. If I don't hit that bullseye, I've lost it. Paul sort of shows us a different way.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's an interesting dynamic there because he clearly expresses his desires, and they are desires that are guided by God's purpose. So, so in accordance with this internal, what I'm calling this internal guidance system, which is another way of talking about the Holy Spirit within us. I'm just, yes, it's just a neat way. I'm framing it that way because we're talking about guidance. And it's interesting to see how then God kind of answers his prayers. Yeah. So it's it's like it's like God is giving us uh, like it's you know it's we get to be part of the counsel of God as it were. I mean this is you know by praying and asking um, in accordance with God's will, uh, but we get to be a part of this, uh, a part of this process, so so I think we we do see in Paul something that is highly empowered. Paul is is equipped with the Holy Spirit, and and he's a man of the Word, and he is then empowered and liberated actually to go out and to implement uh, God's plan. And there are times where um, where where you then see the providence of God at work in different ways yeah. and you see God's guidance in, in different ways. So you do see that there, mm. but it's in the context of Paul taking responsibility for making these decisions and having the freedom to do things that he earnestly desires to do. Mm. Um, so I just let's just shelve that for the moment and yes. go back to, because I just want to say something about the... Decision making um, in 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 the Old Testament because we're talking about proverbs and proverbs actually are in the context, uh, Old Testament context even though they have breadth, breadth yes. of um, application. A lot of those decisions where they would use the Urim and Thummim were, th- were things like choosing um, the next leader, <laughs> for yeah. example. Yeah. So you know Samuel quite like you know it's quite possible that Samuel may have used the Urim and Thummim uh, when he chose between Jesse's. Uh, um, Jesse's sons oh, possibly some yes. people suggest that uh, but so but in in any case it was decisions like that and very much decisions about going to war so it wasn't about yeah. you know on you know where should i build my house or or you know it was it was these big the these big decisions, decisions yeah. um that uh, that they were to um you know seek the lord on and and you know the the gibeonite affair if you remember the story of the how they The Gibeonites deceived Israel by making them think that they were far away. Yes. And they tricked them into making an alliance with them, which the Israelites were forbidden to do with anyone within the land. So the Gibeonites deceived them into thinking that they were far away. And the criticism of the Israelites at that time is, you know, God says, well, you didn't seek me on this. You know, because, again, this is a big – these are really big, you know, these are really big decisions. And it's not like – it's. So I don't say that in order to say, well, there are some decisions that we should pray about and others that we shouldn't. I just think we should be constantly, you know, uh, bringing everything into our relationship with God and God wants to be part of everything. But I want to underscore the fact, because we're just talking generally at the moment, that God's providence in guiding us works in such a way as to empower us uh, and to... um, to not relieve us of responsibility. And this goes right back to our worldview, to the fact that we were created as children of God. We were put in charge and and there was a kind of a freedom that we were given uh, to steward this world um, as we want, but very much in accordance with God's will and God's purpose. Okay. Um, so so there's this empowerment principle, and with empowerment comes responsibility. You can't separate empowerment res- and responsibility. Yep. So the problem with the bullseye approach, getting to the point uh, to the point now, is that it's a kind of an abdication of responsibility. That's really it. the key, yes. because if because responsibility is such a key part of being human, yeah. I am responsible, and and responsibility is coupled with empowerment. I am responsible because God has empowered me uh, to m- make the best decisions uh, about and and to to, uh, to um, I guess to participate in His plan. Yes, um, but in a, in a way that's uh, real empowerment means that we get to make. Decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Guided by God's law in accordance with God's purpose. Yeah. But there's an abdication of responsibility that takes place when every decision I'm saying, so God, what do you want me to do? There's
0: a, there's a sense, there's a big sense of maturity about all of that as well. And there's, but I've got a particular question about um, before we leave it behind, before we leave the, uh, the, the Urim and the Thurim behind, whatever that is, okay. and that whole thing. I want to get it, get into that in just a second. Let's take a break. We'll come back, we'll answer that question. We'll get more into guidance here on Thrive Deeper. We're back and we are talking about all things guidance and we've sort of zoomed out as we like to do and looking at the principles of guidance. What does it mean yeah. to be guided by God? What does it look like in the Old Testament? What does it look like to, you know, to us now? And you've brought up, you know, some really interesting concepts that we're going to dive deep into now. But one last question about this, whatever it is, the, the Urim and the Thurum, you know, the Thurum or whatever yeah. it was <laughs> that the, you know, Aaron and Moses and Urim everything. Thurum and Thuman, yeah, Yeah, and that's it. And, um, you know, what, were, were they dice? Was it a breastplate? You know, all these different, you know, these different things that we sort of get this sketchy view of. But it was basically a way to, in the end, in our modern thinking, cast lots, you know, uh, throw the dice Say to God, okay, you 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 uh you help us choose. Mm. We're throwing this random act <laughs> out there, and you are going to speak through this. Now, your in your worldview of this, Matt, you know, did God speak through that as clearly as as we are to read that you know happening? We don't ever read that they did this. They cast lots, and God was sitting back there going, oh,
2: yeah, I'm not speaking yeah. through that."
1: Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, you know, I think the point is is that it wasn't just chance. Yeah, it wasn't uh, because uh, and and Proverbs speaks to that. Proverbs, um, uh, what chapter is this? Proverbs sixteen um, verse. Thirty-three says the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Okay, so so okay, all right. If then, if are are
0: you, <laughs> so if that's the case, which I think is amazing, that that's how yeah, God yeah. chose to to speak for the Israelites yeah, yeah. and, and and with these big decisions, go to war. This person, that choo- I'm choosing this person, yeah. and and like you say, we saw that the last time with Acts, because I've heard in the years of preaching, people say, I, these dumb disciples, the apostles here—they got it wrong, because we, you know, they cast lots, they picked Matthias, or it was Matthias, I think. Yeah, yeah. Ma- and Ma- and then yeah. and then we never hear of him again. Obviously, it came to nothing. Paul was oh. obviously God's choice for the twelfth one. Goodness, they just, really? Have yeah, you heard Yeah, I've, I've heard that view. One hundred percent. You know, they should have just waited. What are they doing, casting lots? You know, obviously that's bad. You never, you know, da-da-da. Then I've heard the opposite. I've heard the opposite. I've heard, so, because, you know, these guys are are rolling dice, going, okay, God, show us which one you want us to have, or pulling a short straw. Hey, we can do that today. You know, if you want to know God's will, I've got a set of dice for you here, roll it out, and God will speak through that.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um,
1: Well, you know, I think... um, uh, I think it's interesting, as I've said to you, that the last time that that was practiced is in Acts chapter 1, which in, a, in one sense, um, you could say, and, and, I, and I mean this in one sense, that the new, the new Covenant era... Oh, hang on, you're getting dispensationalists on us now. Uh, come on, don't, don't, <laughs> don't hit me with that. Um, the New Covenant era really begins in Acts chapter 2. Yeah. With the outpouring of the Spirit, because uh, I mean, you could certainly say with the, the during the life of Christ, and, and we, I think there is an important sense because Jesus announced that the kingdom uh, had come. Yeah. But where this really, um, I suppose, uh, the outpouring of the Spirit is is that that uh, you know it's kind of the, that final bit of that transitional period of of the kingdom. This kingdom age really coming into um, not to fruition, but really um, being activated fully yeah. when the Holy Spirit. Because of course, all of the Old Testament Old Testament promises about the this age of the kingdom, uh, Joel chapter two is all about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and um, that's the thing that's going to sort of dis, um, make this age distinct. Is this the coming of the messiah and the outpouring of the spirit. Mm. And so this is a big you know this is anticipated as something really new, right? Yeah. It's going to change the way no you know Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 31 says no longer will a man teach his neighbor saying know the lord because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. Mm. And it's not saying that they they're not we're not going to have to teach anymore. It's talking about there's going to be this internalization and of um, of of the knowledge of God in a new sense, mm. in a new sense, and uh, you know Ezekiel chapter thirty six, you know I, I will play, put my spirit in and them, move them to follow my, um, give them a new heart and a new spirit, and and this is this is the way that the prophets see this new thing is radically, it's something, it's a radical upgrade, yeah. and and and. The way that they picture it is that it, it's going to make a big difference to the way that things operate. That and the way that Joel puts it in Joel chapter two is that I will pour out my spirit on all people, and young, young men will dream, is your, young men will see visions, old men dreams, dreams. or the other way around. Yep. And um, and the, and the way that it's pictured there is that what you saw uh, that was given to the prophets. Yes. Is now going to be given to the, everyone
0: this direct access? Yeah, and of
1: course the prophets were one of the major ways in which God guided uh, His people. So there were these sort of external means of guidance. That, in in other words, God is saying, "I want to put those within you." Hmm. Um, now that doesn't mean that it's um, uh, that, that it just makes it purely subjective, or because I think God does guide us in in external ways still. But the point is, is that the the real key thing about the outpouring of the Spirit is that of empowerment. I think that's the key word, mm. um, because. Um, uh Everything needs to be framed in terms of the original mandate that human beings were given. We were yes. made children of God in Genesis chapter one. You know, we we're made children of God, and we were empowered to rule over the earth. So the outpouring of the Spirit is to empower us yeah. to reflect God's image and to do His to, do His will. And you can only be empowered when you take responsibility. That's right. And so, yeah. um, empowerment. Um, Empowerment doesn't mean that we're now robots. Yeah, uh, it means that actually we're in charge. And when you put in charge of something, guess what? You you make decisions. Yes. Now, this is the key thing because I think up to this point a lot of people are going to be thinking, "What is he talking?" You know, like this. It, I seem to be saying that we should not involve God in our decision making. I am not saying that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to move away from a view in which we are constantly deferring to God and asking. God to make the decisions whereas what I think we should be doing is going to God and saying God give me the wisdom and the insight to make the right decision here. Yeah. Do you get the difference between those two those two oh, things? 100%. It's not so it's cuz the one is like God show me the right decision. Yeah. Show me the right option well, well, and you're reading signs yes. and you're looking around you and you Well you're... basically in in
0: I've had times in my life where I've had friends and family caught in that In that, I call it a spiral. It's a never-ending, you know, circle of chasing the tail of looking for God's perfect will on this decision. And oftentimes, my advice to them is, okay, it's time to man up, step up, and make a decision. Because what you're really doing is saying, I don't want the responsibility of making a mistake. Yeah, I don't want to. You know, if it is a bad decision or it doesn't work exactly yeah. perfectly, I want to be yeah. able to blame somebody else or something else yeah. for what's
1: happened. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So and and so I think that's an important difference between those two things. And I hope our listeners kind of get that difference. It's the difference between – and this is where we now get to the proverb. So we're going to uh, um, really get to the point here is that when it comes to decision-making – I think what uh, what the scriptures are pointing to, and remember, there's a bit of a process with this, and we've talked about the the progression into the new covenant period. So this really should be coming into its own for us. Yep. Um, the scenario that's pictured is not one in which we we've got a decision to make where we ask God, God, what's the right decision. Um, the what what. I think we find in Scripture is a scenario in which God wants to empower us and equip us to make both the right decision and the best decision. Now, um, uh, the right decision in in the sense that um, it's in accordance with, like it's morally legitimate. Yes. Um, But within that, there might be a number of options that are equally um, morally legitimate. You know, if you want to buy a house, well, do I buy the house in this part of town or that part of town or that yeah. part. I mean, they're all morally legitimate.
0: Or, you know, God has blessed me with a, um, you know, a, uh, a windfall of money.
1: You know, yeah. it sounds like
0: a monopoly. Uh, <coughs> yeah, you, know, yeah. card here. you know, you've got a windfall of money. Oh, which charity should I give it to?
1: Yeah. Well, or, you know, or how do I invest? And, yeah. And, and so there are certainly, there are principles of God's law that might speak to that. And, and so in a sense... The way that we work is that we we work within the boundaries of God's moral law, and we are we are compelled um, by the priority of God's purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so we have a framework, but within that there is freedom to make a decision. Now, even that those decisions though are guided, and they're guided by what principle? They're guided by the principle of wisdom. Yeah. We make we set out, so it's not a matter of okay, I've what do I invest in? Where do I buy my house? It's not like there's one right decision. Yeah. Um, God actually, uh, I mean, in some senses, I think we get to choose what we want. Yeah. Well, where would you where would you rather? Yeah. Would you, but uh, but more moreover, there is this principle of wisdom. So what would be the wisest decision? So when faced with decisions like that, um, and and. And there's plenty more to say here because there's lots of different kinds of decisions. But I'm just trying to make a slightly more statement. black and white yeah. case yep. at the moment, and then we'll deal with the complexities. Um, what what we're saying is, God, give me wisdom. And of course, as James says, if any in James chapter one, I think it's verse five, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask. he should ask God, and, and He'll give you wisdom. So we're asking for wisdom and insight, um, and uh, and in that way, God is empowering us to make the decisions. That's empowerment. Mm -hmm. He equips us. And look, there might be really providential things that, because like this particular uh, investment might be a complete disaster and we actually don't know. So God might highlight something or cause something to Mm -hmm. be manifest that wasn't there before to, you know, to, to, that's God's providence. So I think that can work. Or, you know, often it might be the case of, um, okay, you know, I want to, I'm buying a house and and maybe God would say, "So why why do you want to buy a house there? Is it just because you're in the right part of town, and mm, you're like, you know, mm. or, or or why do you want that house? Is there, is there a bit of an ego thing going on?" And so often God will will challenge mm. attitudes, yes, um, or, or whatever you know, yeah. um, or bring or even bring the experts in, you know. Yeah, yeah. He
0: can speak through other people. Yeah,
1: that's right. So, um, so, or, but I'm um, in, in talking about the way that God will guide us. It often is. In the way of highlighting things within us, mm. you know, and giving us wisdom and insight to see uh, things on the outside, or simply the wisdom to know what we don't know. Yeah, which is another principle of the proverbs that we, you know, we should be willing to, you know, seek advice. You know, there's lots. All I mean, this the proverbs give. This is where we get to the proverbs because it gives us so much guidance. Yeah. Principles like don't rush into decisions. Yes. Really basic. Yeah, words. yeah. Really, really ba- basic yeah. advice. You know. Yeah. Uh, the, the the one eager to get rich, you know, mm. will fall into poverty because this eagerness causes impatience and mm. a dependence on money, and so therefore, so there, so in in many ways, I think what the way that God does things is that He is more interested in the decision maker than the decision. That in He doesn't want to make the decision for us, but what He does want to make is the right attitude and the right orientation within the decision maker. Totally. And this is one of the areas where I really enjoy
0: a lot of the framing sometimes of the Proverbs is a father speaking to a son or a father speaking to a child. Because then I then relate back to how I, as a father, talk to my children, what I want from my children. And I'm not saying that I know... God's heart, yeah. but God seems very happy to represent his relationship with us yeah. as a father to child. Yeah. Yeah. And I know what I want from my children. Mm. I know when they're little and i got to make the decision for them. Yeah. No, 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 because they're not smart enough. But slowly as they mature and they grow and they take responsibility and they want to start taking responsibility for themselves. Yeah. You know, though things might go wrong and they want to blame you for yeah. it. You know, but I, as a father, am trying to instill you know the smarts, the brains, the wisdom. Mm. So when it comes to the decision, I can stand back and go, "Look, look yeah. at my son. He's made this decision. Like, I, and it's not the decision yeah, that yeah. I'm happy about, but it's like it's almost that sense of in 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 saying it just then. The thing that sprung, sprung to mind is Job, or you know, in the story of Job, of God talking to yeah. Satan. You know what 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 he's talking, what he what he's proud about is Job as a person, yeah, not saying, hey, Joe's making morally, you know, t- like, you know, that type yeah. of thing. It's like, yeah. I'm proud when my son is making a decision based on the wisdom yeah. and taking responsibility and growing and being mature. I'm proud, yeah, you know, I have that relationship with yeah. him and it sort of reflects great on all yeah, of us.
1: Yeah, it's great, yeah. Look, often, often the reasons why we make bad decisions does often come back to an internal issue, yeah. uh, some area of dysfunctionality or pride or... Uh, Or something, you know, um, and it's generally not because we just didn't see the signs,
2: you know, it's
1: it's not because we didn't read the omens or something out there. It's actually often because we were just impatient or we were really or, or we were. Proud, yep. or we it comes back to attitude. we were, stubborn. Th- we were yeah. stubborn, or or we just thought that we had it, you know, we knew things that we didn't know, yep. or the, these are the reasons why we we make often really bad decisions, and so, um, this is this is where God wants to, um, uh, wants us to become really good decision makers, and and there are um, a couple of you know, a couple of aspects to this. I mean, the, the first, and look, this is a basic one, I know, but th- like knowing. Knowing the word, like getting to know the word really well, because this is this is the you know this is our blueprint for life, um, and by getting to know the scriptures, uh, we develop. You know, I've often said, uh, well, I don't know if I've said it often, but I'll say it again because it's <laughs> important, uh, that we should not just read the Bible for the sake of um, momentary inspiration,
2: no.
1: like. Cause, and people stop yeah, yeah. reading the Bible for that reason Because oh, I just didn't find it inspiring or But that's not We don't read the Bible primarily yeah. For our daily inspiration We well, read it to build an internal navigation well, system almost like going all the way back to the beginning And yeah. treating the
0: Bible like it's casting lots Yeah You know what I mean? Like, you, okay, God, I've got this Oh, boy, I've got this big decision to make <laughs> I've got this meeting Okay, let me just, let me just flick through And yeah. I'm going to put my finger on a page yeah. And you speak No, 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 no Yeah
1: you you know, that's you know not- the funny thing I'll, I'll say about because again, I I wouldn't recommend that. But the funny thing is, I know lots of stories where, and this is the grace of God, where people yes, have done that and yes. they have actually, uh, they have actually been guided by that. But don't, uh, you know, <laughs> hang look, on, this hang is, on, yeah, this is, you know, God works in mysterious <laughs> ways and He's more gracious than we think. Um, but uh, yeah, he, but he certainly doesn't want us to be in the habit. That's not the, you know, that's not what he we should be habitually doing the, the, you know we study the word and we get to know the word really well because it develops within us mm. um, uh, uh, this internal navigation system to be able to navigate through circumstances of life yeah. and um, and the more I've gotten to know the scripture the, the more equipped I've been to make Wise decisions, so that that's a no-brainer. I mean that that should be a no-brainer. And then, of course, um, the other one is going through this process of continually, like being, um, of continually allowing the Holy Spirit w- within our hearts to transform us. Mm. And this is this principle of um, uh, of living by the Spirit. Yes, uh, it's actually allowing the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts, liberate us from bad attitudes, and you know. Um, dysfunctional ways of thinking and feeling, uh, because in that way, then uh, the Holy Spirit is um, kind of working on the decision maker. So there are two aspects, like word and spirit. Yeah. You know, we we um, we we get to know God's word, we understand God's word, we live by the Spirit, and we become empowered and liberated decision makers. And um, and uh, and we're in in all of that, you know. We're praying for wisdom and insight, and so there's that element of dependence. Because sometimes the this bullseye approach, I've got a decision to make. God, what what you know, what decision? What sh- should I do? Um, often, th- it can be done in the name of dependence. Well, shouldn't we be dependent uh, on God? Yes. Well, yes, we should, and we are dependent on God to make. M- I am dependent on God to make me able to make this decision well.
2: Mm.
1: You know, I, um, but uh, God, <clears throat> the way that God's providence works and we're dependent on God's providence, as I've said, is not in a disempowering way. So we are dependent on God to make us good decision makers. But to to use this idea of dependence to say, well, then I just need to get every um, yeah. You know, every all decision. my decisions—I'll just get God to make them for me. Yep. Well, that's just an abdication of responsibility. Yeah,
0: you—you you almost you know, become again in my illustration of yeah. a father and a son. I don't want my grown son coming to me going, "Dad, yeah. what what do I put on my sandwiches?" Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, "Dad, I've got to do this. I've got to do." That. Like, I don't—you don't want yeah. to be making every decision for your yeah, grown yeah. child. You yeah. want to—you want to lovingly yeah. know I've, I've instilled the wisdom into you, son. You can make the decision yourself, yeah. and I will actually. Praise you and glorify yeah. and, and lift you up As you make good decisions it's, it's funny
1: you say that Because I, I I a lot of my conversations With my youngest daughter uh, Have been Along those lines Dad what should I do Well what do you want yeah. You know Yes <laughs> You No you You make that decision Yeah so, so it's a very natural Thing because I want To empower her Yeah To make The best decisions And in fact I'm even prepared For her to make Wrong decisions That she can then Learn from Now,
0: now you're onto something
1: Right Yeah I, I, so, I, and I've seen how that actually works for her. Yeah. So, um, so once she went to school all rugged up on a hot day, and I said, "Have you checked the weather? You know, like you know, um, no, but it's cold outside." Well, okay, yeah, that's your decision. You've got to learn. If she came back like <laughs> red faced. <laughs> oh, I wish I, you know, yeah, I couldn't play with the other kids outside because it was too hot. Yes. So I let her make the wrong decision.
0: Okay. Now that principle of making wrong decisions—yeah—does God let us make wrong decisions if we're relying on Him? How, you know, does God does God's providence mm. work around this? <clears throat> I'm sitting here; someone might be listening and going, "Kid, that's fine for you, Matt. Yeah, that's fine for you, DJ. I actually did marry the wrong person. I actually did make this mistake. I actually chose this wrong, and I feel that I'm I'm still caught in the in, in the in the net of that."
1: Okay. All right. I mean, we shouldn't be distracted by that particular. Yes. Um, because uh, I, I'd want to say that you haven't married the wrong person. That, that because there's no. You know what? We're all the wrong people. That's actually.
2: <laughs> we're kind you of all the wrong love people. It, love okay. it. Okay. Yes.
1: So there's no right person for you because no one's right. Yeah. That that's the fact. So. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, as my my I remember my mum saying, "Works as a." as a counselor and you see any two people can make a relationship work if they're really committed yes. uh, to it. Yeah. Now of course there's some people who are more compatible and you know like that's true but we're all you know we're all dysfunctional people and so there's always conflict and marriage always. is always difficult and so and this is this is an example where where people come back to this oh well maybe I married the wrong person. Yeah. No no no. It's not you know um, we, we we make choices and um, uh, and and I suppose this brings us back to the um, the, the, the question about um, consequences because the the reason things are things go wrong and in, in relationships or whatever is is not because we have the wrong job or we married the wrong person or we well it's because people are dysfunctional. And actually, um one of the principles that you see in in the Bible is that God, because He has empowered us, and again, I want to take a worldview approach to these things. because of the level to which we are empowered, it means that we make decisions and there are consequences to those decisions. That's what being empowered means, right? and And God doesn't disempower, which means that God allows the consequences to follow. He allows the consequences to follow. This is actually the key to understanding that 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 repeated formula. It's in the fourth commandment. You know, uh, it's in Exodus 33. I think where where the Lord proclaims who He is. I am the Lord. You know, forgiving the sins. Uh, you know, but but um, punishing the sins, or, or so not punishing, but visiting the sins of yes. the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's the right way to, to render that is visiting the, and people think ah oh, what does that what does God visits mm. the sins of the fathers on the children to the f- third and fourth generation, yeah. that sounds like God is punishing their, no, uh, their, 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 their sins or holding them guilty. Yeah. No, it's a matter of natural consequences. Yeah. This comes from this empowerment principle. God has empowered human beings, so He has committed Himself that if you if you uh, if you go off track. I mean, this is real, right? Yes. We, if we if we go off track, we take our fa- we, our families with us. Like yeah. what we do, and has enormous implications for our families. Yeah. Um, and the actual promises in those verses is the flip side. When he said, when God yeah.
0: says, "But for those who do, yeah, you know, yeah. this,
1: I will." They've got promises. Blessing for a thousand generations. For, yes. yeah, it's like yeah. you know. So, um, and uh, yeah. So, so I think this this principle of of responsibility, of that that there are, and that there are consequences that follow from certain actions, and mm-hmm. God allows those consequences to unfold. This is why the world is the way that, that, that it is. In fact, this is one of the key. This is sort of the worldview response. And again, I I, I was listening to a debate this morning, just on a podcast between an atheist and a Christian. You know, and the classic atheist thing is, you know, there. Um, you know we, I can disprove The existence of God Because how can a good God um, have, have created this world Because there's so much evil And whatever in the world Well mm-hmm. actually um, um, the This is actually The consequences Of our
0: You know Of our decisions Of, of,
1: our, of our decisions Including Including our Our separation um, or, or, or break in relationship With the natural world mm. You know In uh, where where we we've lost we've lost touch so much with the natural world that we you know we're caught by surprise when when things natural disasters happen whereas the animal you know the animal I mean we know animals know that mm. various things are going to happen before they happen <laughs> like, so what's happened to us humans like we we have so we, we've got ourselves into this situation where we've created this world for ourselves and God actually is and uh, this I'm talking at a macro level God has allowed Bad consequences to follow bad actions, so that we will take responsibility mm. and turn around and go the other way. Mm. And this happens on an individual level. So yes, that this was that was a long way of answering the question with lots of little rabbit holes. Well, I think
0: uh, I, I think we've we've we're running out of time. We've set up the principle of guidance yeah. and some of the like you said the big picture yeah. views of it here. I reckon on the next episode we get into some of the minutiae yeah. of how God. Gives us the principles about what guidance actually actually is, and the, almost the rules yeah. around guidance, the principles yeah, around. Yeah, be guidance. good. And I've
1: got some nice little curly ones too to throw in there. So it'll be interesting uh, to discuss some of those things. So, and I think, uh, look, I think the big thing, and I just want to, if I can just summarise, uh, you know, if you are facing a decision, um, talk to God about. Your decision, but not in a way that is asking God to make the decision for you. Ask God to help you make the best decision. Ask for wisdom, ask for clarity and insight, and God will help you make the best decision in that situation.
0: Well, there you have it, there's your introduction on the principle, the concept of guidance. Was was that guiding to you at all? Were you guided by any of that? I Hopefully there was some guidance in all of that discussion on guidance for you. Uh, if you've got questions about this, if you've got examples that you would love us to flesh out, please, we would love to hear from you. It's really simple to do, head over to Thrive, today.net.au that's the best way to get in contact with us you can send us an email directly from there it's also got the links to our facebook page and our facebook private group we can talk to other people and uh, discuss uh, questions and your reading in that we would love to have you as part of that if you haven't already done that but thank you so much for downloading and listening to the podcast it means a lot to us uh, keep on reading through the thrive daily reading guide as we go through Proverbs. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk more about guidance. Until then, thrive.